1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
0: I'm grateful to live in Canada, a country where I can choose my death. But the law has forced me to play a cruel game of chicken. I would like nothing more than to make it to Christmas, but if I become incompetent along the way, I will lose out on my choice of a beautiful, peaceful, and best of all, pain free death.
1: That is the voice of a woman named Audrey Parker. Uh, Audrey Parker died on November 1st. Now, she ended her life, but had to do it earlier than she wanted. The group Dying with Dignity Canada is proposing what they're calling the uh, Audrey Amendment to Canada's assisted dying legislation. And this is a section that requires people to confirm their wish for assisted dying immediately before death. Well, joining us to talk about why this needs to change, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Shanaz Gokul, CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada. Shanaz, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Uh,
1: tell us more about Audrey Parker. I understand you, you were in uh, contact with her before her death. What, what, was, yeah. she, what was she trying to uh, achieve?
0: Well, Audrey Parker was a woman from Halifax uh, who had um, uh, terminal breast cancer, uh, and the cancer had spread uh, into her bones um, and into her brain. And uh, in the weeks before she died, uh, she launched a one-woman tour de force Um, in the media, uh, speaking publicly, prolifically, nationally, and internationally, and very candidly about the situation that she was in, a situation that she described in my first call with her in October as her category, people in her category as it relates to medical assistance in dying and how wrong it was. And I remember on that first call... And she's talking, and I'm thinking, her category, what's her category? And then it just hit me because it was so obvious. Um, Her category was people who had already been assessed and approved for assisted dying. And she was like, yeah, that's exactly right. And I said, "And you should be allowed to go ahead. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, And it was a conversation that led to a very profound shift um, in how we understood people in audrey's circumstances because we knew in 2016 when the legislation was being passed that there could be people who would have a maid death an assisted dying death scheduled on tuesday but on saturday slip into a coma because of the precariousness of their medical condition and what audrey helped us see is that this wasn't what the government described in 2016 um, in a background statement about potential problems with the legislation as a potential charter impact, Audrey made us recognize by choosing to end her life too early that this is a very severe and grave violation of her Section Seven rights to life, liberty, security of the person. That people shouldn't be in a position where they are so worried that if I, you know, if they wait too long, as As those happen, then they will lose the right altogether uh, to have an assisted death and die with suffering um, and not in the manner that they want. And this is, you know, to remind your listeners, this would be for people who are already eligible for an assisted death. So the impact could potentially be hundreds of people and their families and friends. Um, And I think that that, you know, when we look at assisted dying, Our organization always says that it's supposed to be life-affirming, that people should be able to live as long as they can, the best quality of life that they can, until they can't. And Audrey gave up one last Christmas um, because she didn't want to take the chance of losing the right altogether to happy assisted death.
1: Okay. So, look, I mean we probably all agree here that that it should be somebody's wishes that if somebody is receiving assisted dying it's because that's explicitly what they have chosen right that's right yeah uh so is the concern then if somebody doesn't give that consent immediately before the procedure is provided then maybe we don't know if that's still what they want people i suppose can and and do change their minds for example
0: right so if there's uh, two things here I think that really helped to address this. One, what we're asking the federal government to do is um, to amend the legislation and to create an additional step so that people like Audrey would have to choose uh, to complete a patient declaration, a, you know, a separate or an additional document that states that uh, they have um, agree, this an irremediable medical condition. They are eligible for assisted dying. They're also at high um, risk of uh, losing capacity because of their medical condition, um, and that that this declaration uh, is to be considered a written confirmation of their consent should they lose capacity to still be able to go ahead and have an assisted death. So that's one thing. The second thing is the government studied this very question um, that they were required to study uh, in the legislation about people who are excluded. And this category of assessed and approved um, was in a document. They didn't call it assessed and approved um, uh, that was released in December, but the scenario of Audrey Parker and her circumstances. And what they found is that, you know, The preference for changing your mind is very low because it's not that Audrey would have changed her preference. It's that she wouldn't be able to express her preference if she lost capacity, which is different than someone um, who may have a diagnosis like dementia who would like to make an advanced request. They're not eligible now to have an assisted death. um, But if they're dying with that condition, um, we'll likely lose capacity. And we believe that absolutely those people in that category um, should also be able to make an advanced request uh, to have an assisted death in the future. The difficulty, of course, is that sometimes people forget what they wanted or who they are and who their families are, after they lose uh, capacity. And so there, we, we, we want to ensure that there are rules crafted that include people with dementia. Um, and maybe just a little bit more thinking about how can that be operationalized. In the Audrey Parker case, it's, it's very simple to see how it can be operationalized. One narrow amendment in the legislation, an extra step for people like Audrey to have to choose Um, That if they lose capacity, because some people might be fine, right? Um, If I lose capacity, it's okay. Just give me comfort care until I die, right? Mm -hmm. So it's an additional choice. And so there are ways of safeguarding it. And I would also add that isn't the ultimate safeguard allowing people to live as long as they possibly can?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. Explain to me how capacity, who who judges capacity, how do we define what that is and and when there is capacity to make that decision?
0: Yeah, it can be a complicated uh, question. And so um, in the cases of people who are uh, looking to have an assisted death, uh, and it's something that, um, you know, clinicians do every day um, all across the country, um, you know, assessing that people understand um, and when it comes to healthcare, care, the implications um, of their healthcare care decisions. And so if there's a concern that someone doesn't understand, and, and capacity comes into play um, in medicine, you know, at every stage of life, right? And for all sorts of different reasons and for many, many types of medical uh, treatments. Um, and so this is no different, that this is an issue that uh, doctors... Uh, and nurse practitioners have to deal with them on an ongoing basis to make sure that people fully understand the healthcare decisions that they're about to make, and to make sure they understand all of their options before they make that decision. And so, when we're talking about somebody like Audrey, you know, she—if uh, she lost capacity, she would um, likely be comatose, uh, just unable to express herself in, about anything. Um, and I think that this is something that currently happens. We navigate the healthcare system, um, so it's not something that's new, but it is critically important and when you know you're in a situation like Audrey's, and many people who have been in Audrey's situation have um, people, you know, been people with um, metastatic cancer that has spread and then breast made their condition even more precarious than it was before, um, and so I think that Clinicians are trained, they know how to assess capacity. If there's any concern um, from either of the two required uh, clinicians to do the assessment for medical assistance and dying, they can bring in a third you know a third clinician, an additional clinician, perhaps, um, uh, a psychiatrist or a geriatric psychiatrist uh, to help establish that. So it's not something that's exceptional, um, but it is exceptional when it comes to assisted dying because if you don't have it in the moments before, as the law stands now, you will not be able
1: to proceed with an assisted death. Right. So if this were to be allowed, when would it occur then? Once somebody loses capacity, would assisted dying occur immediately? Would it be a month later? Would it, when, 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 yeah. when would it be done? It's
0: a, you know, it's a really good question, and I think that there's um, a number of different options to look at. Uh, It could be that in their patient declaration form that they fill out saying, yeah, this is my written confirmation of consent. Should I lose capacity? I would like to go ahead and have the assisted death. Let's say in Audrey Parker's case, she wanted to live for one more Christmas on January 2nd even if I've lost capacity, Mm -hmm. Um, or it could be as soon as I lose capacity, you know, the earliest possible time, uh, because most people are trying to avoid living longer, like Audrey, um, in her situation, she was trying to avoid living longer and um, being completely incapacitated, but still suffering as she was dying. Uh, So there could be more than one way to look at that, and I think that requires a little bit of workshopping, but we want to make sure that people um, who are already eligible, and I can't stress that enough, um, that they have choice and control about the time of their death, and I think that can be addressed and how we draft uh, the required patient declaration for people in these circumstances.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's certainly an important issue. Uh, DyingWithDignity.ca is the website. People can read more there. Uh, Shanaz, thank you so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right, take, take care. care. That is uh, Shanaz Gokul, CEO of D- uh, Dignity Canada, DyingWithDignity.ca. Uh, so they are pushing for what they are calling the Audrey Amendment.